Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. This is one of our deep dive episodes. In this episode, we will be deep diving into Palpatine's Lab of Horrors, a place I'm excited to visit for a short time. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsok. I'm excited for this Star Wars Halloween adventure. It is Force Center scene by scene, and this is going to be a fun one here. I've watched this scene so many times already. It's a classic in my mind. But before we get to that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, we'd like to do a Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. And Joseph, this one ties in pretty well, I think. 
Yeah, we are recommending Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. That is also a spooky story about uh, some dark side people having some dark side problems. <laughs> <laughs> so to download your free audiobook t- today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Dark side problems all around the galaxy. <laughs> Look for that teen Disney Plus show coming soon. Dark Side Problems at Dark Side High. Uh, eh, who knows? They have lots of uh, monster highs, zombies yeah. go to prom kind of shows, so you never know. You never know what you might get on good old Disney Plus. But for now, we're going to keep visiting the galaxy of Star Wars like we do here on Force Center. Uh, Ken, you suggested this a while back to just dig into specific scenes that I've been really having a ton of fun with these uh, episodes. Uh, we're mostly breaking down big scenes in Star Wars, but eventually we might get to just kind of weird scenes or favorite scenes. Uh, we've discussed right now Ray's Cave of Mirrors, Dooku's Cell of Half-Truths, where he first met Obi-Wan, uh, Palpatine's Box of Lies, where he uh, seduced Anakin at the Opera House there, Obi-Wan's Hut of Exposition, and now for our spooky Halloween season, and I'm a big fan of spooky Halloween season, we're going to discuss Palpatine's Lab of Horrors, three minutes and about 13 seconds of terror and a manipu- emotional manipulation in the bowels of a Sith temple. What could be better than that, Ken? I mean, who does not want to hang out in the bowels of a Sith temple? Just sounds like <laughs> right. right. I'm a great uh, tour guide, right? Come on down to the bowels of the Sith temple. Uh, just to kind of take the temperature of the room here, you are... Uh, not a fan of super scary movies, but do you enjoy the general spooky Halloween season? <laughs> no. Uh, where's, where's the candy? Uh, yeah, I get scared real easily. Uh, just not a fan of horror movies. Psychological thrillers. Thrillers. All right, that's a little different. You know, and occasionally I'll get tricked into watching one and I go, well, that wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, I'm okay. Uh, and then I have nightmares a week later. It's just something, I don't know, just the way I was built. I didn't uh, didn't celebrate Halloween, like a lot of other kids uh, growing up, uh, you know, we celebrate a lot of holidays, but it was more of a um, different, it was just different view in my house of what Halloween was. So I just didn't grow up with it, I guess. Uh, didn't, never went trick or treating, any of those things, Joseph. I was denied the right to go get candy from strangers. So uh, <laughs> it's just not part of my, uh, not part of my upbringing. So that, that could factor into it. But as presented here, I am all on board. No, oh, that's great. Yeah, no, it's totally understandable to have the different uh, different viewpoints uh, because of the way we were raised or what we experienced. And yeah, I had some uh, trick-or-treating, but then some of the general fears of the era uh, that we both grew up in set in and Halloween became a watched uh, special on television. Who knows? Maybe one of the sitcoms will have something scary on it. <laughs> Maybe Cheers will have a Halloween party you can watch. Uh, so then as I as I got older, you know, I, I like spooky stuff. I like gothic stuff. Uh, so I really like to do shows on Halloween and like to try to celebrate it. And, and I think uh, the reason that I like it is, you know, culturally, you get it. It's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. You, you go to people, you dress up and you go to other people's houses and demand to give you candy. It is like a great sort of anti guilt, uh, holiday of like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not really being reverent about anything. I'm just saying you give me candy, uh, kind of for general cultural, but then for kind of like what it means as we get into some of the stuff that's in this scene about like, how do you deal with the, the things that scare you by putting them in fiction and, and you know, how does it help you kind of process the things that you are scared of by putting them up there on the big screen? 
I see. That's where I failed. <laughs> <laughs> the dealing yeah. with your your own uh, fears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Put a note. Watch Nightmare on Elm Street tonight. Okay. <laughs> Do not. That's that one's scary, Ken. Don't. Okay, but I grew up uh, off of Elm Street in my hometown. Uh, the, my home, my street intersected with Elm Street. Oh, how how's a second grader gonna watch that movie? Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like sometimes it's the idea. Like Nightmare on Elm Street is super scary, but I grew up with older kids telling me about Friday the Thirteenth. Like it was the scariest thing ever. And like two years ago, I finally watched it. And it's like it's it's mostly just horny teens playing board games while a really slow person like and if you grow up with it it's really scary and amazing but you see it from a different perspective as an adult it's 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 very strange i nightmare on elm street would have freaked me out if i lived by elm street that's mm, mm. you made a lot of good choices i could see elm street from the second floor of our house what there's no way i'm going to watch that on vhs absolutely not i almost started singing the uh the the song the rhyme and like i'm not going to do that to you no no (laughs) (laughs) let's get into the horror of star Wars. Uh, so despite some of your mixed feelings about scary versus spooky and, and how it all works, uh, culturally during Halloween and all that, we've often discussed, uh, wanting some kind of star Wars horror movie, uh, including one that I think we've all pitched, uh, set in an old Sith temple, whatever there are some Jedi Padawans who are trapped in a scary Sith temple, uh, makes sense for a star Wars horror movie. Do you see this scene we're about to discuss as a little mini horror movie within a Star Wars movie? I, I do now, and it, it's probably a little pinch of it, to be fair, you know, um, depending on how scary you go with some movies. But the mood, the vibe, the visuals, um, not for nothing, but Palpatine's pretty evil. Uh, I think <laughs> it's a problem. I, I think it, it's a, it's um it's more than just an homage to me, but it, it has the look and feel. I know, um, you know, some people might say, no, nah, but... Uh, for me, uh, and I'm not jokes aside of me being scared easily. Uh, you know, the scene I'm not terrified during the scene uh, in a real way, but in a story way, I am. So yeah, I think it's a good, healthy pinch of it. Um, now, I, initially, I got to say this: when I first saw the scene and the movie starts, I mean, the first couple times you see the, any Star Wars movie, you're taking everything in, and I was so wonderfully, and I say wonderfully, overwhelmed by this opening sequence, including what we see with Kylo before this scene starts. The fact that it was, oh, my God, they're going straight to the revealed Palpatine. They're not going to sit on it. I would get all this information. It's a different start to a Star Wars movie. And, I, you know, the pacing, a lot of people, when you, you, the first couple of times they see Rise of go, oh, it's so fast. It's so, so fast. It's, the movie had such great pace. And I, I don't think that's true. The more you watch it, it just it just packs a lot of punch with with each scene and and, and moves quick, to be sure. But I, I, I was lost in a lot of that in the first scene, just trying to take it all in. So it was the... Subsequent viewings where this became that dark, moody, gothic, horror, cold open that uh, that I do love. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think especially the first time when you, you start with the dead speak and then, you know, the is, is that Mustafar the slaughter? What is the, the, the what is the Sith Wayfinder about? And then, uh, oh, he's going to the looks like unknown regions type place. Cool. Uh, and then you really uh, settle into this and it's still all this information coming at you. Uh, and I think that is really a choice. It is not so much about pace uh, of the actual film to me. It is more about this decision to be like, we're going to get back to that adventure serial uh, roots and we're going to throw out a bunch of ideas. We're going to give you the information that we think you need and we're going to, you know, uh, keep moving. And, and there's a lot of information in this scene, which I think really affects uh, the way people see it the first time around or, or the second time around. Uh, but I know even people, some friends of mine, uh, who don't like the movie uh, for lots of reasons are always like, but I like that scene. I really like the mood that it's a great little horror film. I wish we had more of that. Um, 
in hmm. for me, I, I think it, it all works in terms of the Star Wars of it, uh, the the themes which we're going to dive into in this episode of what's Palpatine trying to do, what is Kylo feeling, all these things, uh, the symbolism of what all of the different sort of uh, iconography of the the planet and the spaces, all that stuff is meaningful to me. But I also think it works is this really. I, the reason it works is a, is a horror scene is not it's just like it's not just homage it all has meaning to me uh mm. which we'll discuss but also it's it's not like slasher movie jump scare it's not like kylo rounds the corner and the cultists pop out right you know or snoke's dead body falls from the vat when you're not expecting it. it's not it's not jump scare horror yeah. movie it's this creeping psychological dread to me it is just like the yeah. Star Wars version of a thousand horror scenes you have seen or read where there's just there's a creepy thing you need in the basement and you're not mm-hmm. even sure what's in the basement. And you don't even really want to be down there, but you got to go down there to get what you need. Uh, and, and Kylo is definitely, you know, the villain of the movie as it starts. But we've already been trained to have empathy uh, for Kylo, we've been trained uh, to see the the possibility that that he could be pulled by the light. So I think you're kind of empathizing with Kylo as he goes down into this almost like the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> you right. got to go down to the basement mood. Mm. Mm. Yeah, literally, yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about that. The the visual, the symbolism, all that. It's all there. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Excellent. Well, uh, well. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Else? I, do want to, I do want to see Palpatine fall from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like a pinata just dropping from the ceiling suddenly. Creepy. <laughs> the dead speak and fall from the ceiling. <laughs> uh, what we usually do here on these scene by scene episodes is uh, start a half step back. We are really just talking about from when uh, Kylo lands on Exegol uh, and not tackling uh, all the great uh, stuff on Mustafar. Uh, so we're starting with where the characters are at in the scenes preceding it. So uh, here's some thoughts, Ken, and then we'll discuss. Uh, so mm-hmm. Kylo, we know, has solidified his power over the for- First Order. Uh, he made a connection to Rey, but in his mind, she rejected him. And as we learn later in this very film, he feels he can never even try to return to the light because he's failed his mother, Leia, and she would reject him. He himself has rejected or outright killed all of his uh, parental figures, Han, Snoke, Luke. He has even symbolically smashed the helmet of his grandfather, Vader. Uh, and then he hears the voice of yet another authority figure of the past, Palpatine. So he marches off to find him. So at that point, given what Kylo's been through, what is he thinking or feeling as he lands on Exegol to confront yet another authority figure of the past? I think he's pissed. I really do, uh, to be blunt. Uh, my mom would not like me using that phrase. Um, I think he's pissed <laughs> off, and, and which is something I love because... You know, we're we're used to our Star Wars villains going after more power, and this, there there is some of that in this scene, right? Um, but I think he lands pissed, and and you go to the crawl. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. That is, that's quite a start. You know, he's I, like to me, I see it as I, I finally have what I want, uh, and and now this, and and by the way, this is the past, this damn past. <laughs> that I keep wanting to destroy because I think that's the only way forward for me. 
Uh, I, I, this enough's enough. And that's why I love the way that this opening sequence, and not, again, not to bring too much of the Mustafar stuff in, but just even there, it's I, the, the eye of Webbish Bog and all those things we've seen in concept art. I, I great, loved it, love the ideas, but um, I just like that it's like Kylo, like, enough. I got to go do this because I got to go take care of this threat. I'm mad. Yeah. Great point. The the Webbish Bog, I would love to see whatever exists of that. I love seeing the illustrations. I love reading about it. Uh, but there is this, he's on a mission. He is raging, uh, which gives yeah. it this great energy. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm really glad that you pulled that quote uh, from the crawl. I, I love that the crawl does just make it, 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 the crawl makes it practical as the crawl often does that you know the crawl hints at internal motivations but a lot of times it's just externally literally what are they what are they trying to do and why and like yeah of course it's a threat to his power but on a much more personal level a part of his fall a part of his trauma has been you're named after the great obi-wan ben kenobi your your father is this scoundrel who turned into a galactic hero and a famous racer your mother is the person who held the rebellion and now helps hold the new republic together oh and your uncle is you know the jedi who saved the galaxy and oh even if you want to turn to the dark side your grandfather is the most powerful sith uh, that ever existed oh and snoke uh, he kind of lied to you and he has power over you and he calls you a child and like everything has been, can I just be who I want to be? Uh, you know, can I, can I get out from under these shadows of, of the past? Uh, and he has gone to such work to literally, uh, kill the past. And here comes this other voice basically, uh, disrupting the path. Like he, I think he's in this, in between the movies, he's in this really dark place where he's like, you know, I, I killed my past. Uh, didn't entirely satisfy me that I'm right. still lonely. I wanted Ray to be with me. She rejected me. So just rage, kill, take, I'm on my path. This is who I was meant to be. Nothing disrupt me. And then in some ways, the worst thing to possibly disrupt him in even more powerful, even more insurmountable voice from the past going, but actually let me drag you back to that psychological hell you've been in for a super long time. Can you, uh, can you overcome that? It, it, so I think he's just marching in there going, I really meant it when I said, kill the past. I really don't want to re-examine the path I've been on. I want to stay on the path I'm on. Yeah. Uh, and if you re-examine it, you might grow. He doesn't want to grow. He he's conquesting, right? Right. And, 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 and to finish uh, a thought, I, I started a bit earlier, just like, I think we're used to, Villain wants power. Villain's going to get it. Um, he's going to work with those. He's going to scheme. He's going to dream. And this to me is a different tone. Like we said, like we've been explaining here, just the anger, the rage, the enough's enough. Uh, and, it, and it reads on Adam Driver's face. And I just, I've always kind of liked this beginning because of that. A little bit, it's a little tweak on it for me. Yeah, I think it's a great tweak because I think it, it combines the just big operatic. Uh, somebody might try to take your power and it combines it with a really small, someone might want you to talk about your feelings. <laughs> he doesn't want to do either of those things, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and we always say that, you know, episode nine is in communication with all the other films that came before it. And, and this just directly is, is communicating with that, that destroy the past Kylo. It's, it's pull, it's talking to that like, Oh, okay. Well, the past is here. What are you going to do with it? Kill it. Yep. Yeah. At least try. Uh, so then we've got Palpatine's perspective. Uh, he has, of course, been sort of trapped for decades, uh, locked down here in his uh, bowels of this uh, Sith temple. He has been whispering to Kylo, puppeteering Snoke, and rotting in various clone bodies. 
And now he has announced his existence to the galaxy. And Kylo, the heir of Vader, uh, a Skywalker, is finally marching toward him. What do you think old Sheev is thinking and feeling as he senses Kylo's marching down here? I think this is a classic Sheev overconfidence. And, uh, you know, at some point, especially during the reviews of Revenge of the, uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, same mood. Um, you touch upon the fact that you know, Palpatine is there's no there's no phantom menace going on. Really, he has announced it. I'm here. I'm back. I, I, I my long held plan. I finally can move the pieces forward again. It's a different feel. He's not. I you know he's waited long enough. There's no. I'm not going to run for office. I'm not going to do anything. I am back. I am Sheev, and I am Sith. And I think that all to me, he is he is classically confident in that Sheev way when when Kylo walks in. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he is feeling just hateful glee. Yeah, he has been waiting for this moment for a, a long time. He worked on Anakin for a long time in the prequel era. He tried to turn uh, Luke quickly. It didn't work. So he has been whispering to Ben for a long time. He's been manipulating him face to face uh, through Snoke as a as a puppet. However, exactly that puppet worked. It's still uh, Palpatine's manipulations. Uh, so he's been working on Ben for a long time and he's ready. Uh, the ships are ready. This is going to be uh, the payoff. If everything works the way he wants, he's everything the way Palpatine wants. He's very close to getting this, uh, you know, possessing this new body. Uh, and I also think he's getting so very close to revenge because it's not just his revenge on the galaxy, right, that he he threatens in his uh, broadcast. It's also personal for him. It's galactic and personal because uh, this is it's not just like, hey, uh, great. Uh, there's a strong young force user really connected. Great. A new chosen one. Uh, great. This is the grandson of Anakin, the the you know nephew of Luke, the the son of the princess of Alderaan that so he can take his personal revenge on this new Skywalker, uh, I think is something that just gives him hateful glee. Uh, and yeah, I, I love that he's not the Phantom Menace. It really changes a lot in Rise of Skywalker for me that he is the blatant menace that he is saying, I'm not gonna, you know, kind of have a Senate or, you know, have anyone to hide behind at all. I am just going to shout, we are the Sith and I'm going to, take the galaxy and anybody who opposes me is is gonna die so i think this is his moment of like this is the beginning of no more hiding for me yes which I, I ties into something that's popped up a couple times recently here of just of the idea that this is not uh defeating the sith but defending from the sith you know you, you've mentioned that before yeah. even the first order that's that just it's like hello we're back i'm here and what are you going to do about it? But they're not on the inside. I mean, first order a little different, but you know what I mean? Like it's not the ruling government uh, for years, for decades. And this cloaked, uh, cloaked villain that he's like, hello, I'm here. We're coming to get you. And that sets the tone too. Yeah. Yeah. Just screaming out to the galaxy. I'm, I'm coming <laughs> and you're in trouble. 
so with that, uh, the scene itself begins. Kylo lands on Exegol. We see the inverted uh, pyramid temple. Uh, we see and hear the screeching unnatural lighting, uh, the barren, broken earth. Uh, Kylo marches in, igniting his unstable saber. What do you like just right away when you see this setting? How does it set the scene for you, the mood, just the the external vision of Exegol in the temple? I'm sorry. It's so good. I want Exegol <laughs> art. I don't know if there's, you know, we all, we want our happy, scrappy, uh, uh, joyful Star Wars art. You know, I want Luke at the Twin Suns. I I want Sherpa staring out at Bright Tree Village. That's the art I want. I also want some of this. I love the visuals here. Just love it. And and the very first time uh, watching it, just like blown like, oh God, we are going into some some different places than we've gone on on big screen stuff in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Mustafar has uh, the the vibe, the mood, but it's like it's a functional planet, right? You yeah. Know? There's there's some droids doing some work there. There's some Mustafarians doing some work. This the moment he's walking in there, that lightsaber ignited, kind of almost dragging behind him in that long shot. It's like it's like it's it's so it's I just love it. And and the decision to um the decision to make like even those huge statues, and you look in that documentary and they were like, oh, they were gonna be smaller. And then we decided let's make them giant so the humans feel like ants. It's just one of those simple. You don't need to overthink it. It just works exactly as intended. We are overwhelmed. We feel small in the grand scheme of things. This is literally the dark history of the galaxy. It's crushing down on us. And the idea that he's literally descending into the pit, that age-old kind of uh, uh, part of the the mythical journey, it just all works for me. I love this sequence because of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I I really love the one-two punch of it, of seeing... Uh, everything you're describing like from the outside like we've seen this uh, on smaller screen stuff with we've seen scary temples uh, you know on uh, Malachor and Morband and in Clone Wars and Rebels uh, but this is really getting to see it on the big screen and to go with this uh, different version of Desolate. Mustafar is like one of the most evil worlds we saw and that was I think Mustafar is really this symbol of like being in constant rage and constant transformation with the you know the earth is is constantly roiling and it's a different mood with this big inverted temple that gives you this like just a sense of pressure like everything's literally pointing downward uh into the pit uh that lightning is the sound of it is one of my favorite bits of sound design in all all of star wars because it Mm -hmm. just it sounds close to lightning but unnatural it's screeching it's like the environment is always you know screaming is really powerful and the lightning right away to me has this, this is where, where like the imagery matters to me uh, of not just being like an homage and like lightning scary. Great. But like lightning is all established here. And eventually we get down to the lab. And when you combine lightning and lab, you're really touching into Frankenstein territory. That's like the, the cultural signifiers that we know uh, of Frankenstein, you know, Mary Shelley's book, arguably, the beginning of science fiction itself as an idea in literature. Uh, but just from, you know, the famous uh, universal movie of Frankenstein, the lightning and the lab equipment, those really go together to tell this very star Wars related story to me of this unholy combination of raging nature with the lightning. And then the sort of, uh, um, unholy science, uh, and mm-hmm. you establish that lightning outside, you get that 
old, you get that mythic, you get that, that, you know, nature of the world itself is in rage at what's happening here. And it's that great setup for kind of completing the other half of the Frankenstein picture of just the combination between the organic and the mechanical working together to make something monstrous. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 Frankenstein's monster stuff is 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 a, is a great pull and, and a simple pull in 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 saying that with such, you know, sometimes I I, I just love that they it's right here, <laughs> you're seeing it, and then sometimes like so you know it's it's unnatural. There's some construction going on, right? Something's being built or a, a creature's being built. It, it, it all that's on purpose and and should make you feel a certain way and and and, and derive answers from that if you need answers if you need cut and dry answers of what's happening that that's what's happening yeah yeah and, and definitely we'll uh, we'll talk um more about that because uh palpatine and the lab equipment all have lots to say but i think for me it just it, it's important because it's not just referencing frankenstein because frankenstein's a cool uh horror movie the themes the ideas of frankenstein is it, you know is man meant to play god and that immediately plays into is what's happening here acceptable is what's happening here natural. Uh, and it's a great thing to, to tee up uh, the arguments that Palpatine himself is going to make. Um, right. And then once we go inside, yeah, I love what you're saying about the, uh, the statues, great pull uh, on those quotes about, should we make them bigger? Yeah, bigger, bigger. In that one shot where, you know, raging Kylo, you know, the, the leader, Supreme leader, of the first order, you know, heir to darkness. This is a wee tiny little guy. <laughs> It works great. Uh, I love the uh, the creepy floating stone disc he descends on, uh, and then the massive statues of the Sith Lords are holding these like scepter-like staffs, and they're only really revealed uh, from these other flashes of lightning. And the other thing I, I liked about that, but beyond the just um, makes you feel tiny, this is a, a place of power, uh, it, it is so evocative of antiquity of this uh, idea of the past. So it's not just like the power of the, the Sith uh, it, it's it, and, and the sort of the creepiness of kind of old unknowable stuff. It's the sheer weight of antiquity of the thing that Kylo is the raging against the most is the past. Well, these are like symbols of a past that can't be killed a past mm-hmm. that is so huge and so powerful, it will always just burst out of the earth with its fingers clawing for the present. And that is, you know, without being super explicit, it, it ties into why, uh, you know, a lot of horror stories emerged from exploration of the pyramids in Egypt and from the kind of romantic versions of the pharaohs and these idea of these incredibly powerful people from the past entombed and they were so worshipped that there were these massive statues of this and I think as humans we have this natural anxiety with Mm. if if the past something so old so powerful that it must still be alive like that that we kind of can't grapple with the fact that that's that was a culture and that was a tomb on one (laughs) hand we know that on the other hand like but it's so big how can they not kind of somehow still be alive and then we make stories constantly about that anxiety of can something so powerful from the past be dead uh yeah gosh uh, yes i'm I'm thinking of uh like is this stargate fifth element what we got here we got a lot (laughs) going into this and 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 to to add to you know kylo's journey 
not just crushing down on him and this idea that maybe he can't escape it. It, 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 it the past is, is he's going down to meet it now, but it's also been calling to him here and, and he has to go confront it. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's again, just every visual, uh, connects to that idea of it's here, the past, everything, like you said, is in front of you. You can't bury it. Yeah. Too big, too powerful for you to just kill. Uh, so small Kylo is walking among the statues and from somewhere we hear Palpatine speak. He says, at last, Snoke trained you well. Kylo responds, I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. And Palpatine coos, my boy, I made Snoke. Uh, and then follows up with, I have been every voice. And then as Snoke, you have ever heard as Vader inside your head. And then for uh, fun, a little Vader breathing. How does this revelation, the way Palpatine announces himself and the information that he gives him, how does that revelation uh, affect Kylo? And, and how do you think Palpatine wants it to affect him? Great. I, I've been watching this all morning, studying Adam Driver's eyes and trying to see, trying to pick up on what he is choosing to convey in this scene. And, and it's still anger, <laughs> a lot of anger, <laughs> a flash of doubt, maybe confusion. He was duped. Uh, how did he allow himself? I don't know. I'm putting a lot of that in there. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm I've been studying his face. I, I see it as losing a little bit. Um, I, 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 a little bit of his emotional balance or his emotions are unbalanced right in this moment. Uh, because I think he, especially with the voices, which I, I love that little sequence. I love that little bit. He's been living a lie, the dark side lie to him. Uh, and does that matter to him? I don't know. Is, is he thinking, did I kill my father for this, for, for, for a lie for, for, did, did I have to separate from my mother for this, for a lie? What, what do I believe in? I think all of that can kind of come in that moment. I think over, overall he steps forward, still pissed and he's oh, still yeah. angry. And, and, but and I don't think he's over here going, why did I do that? But you see you, you, the voices particularly, uh, I think it's effective to me of just like, oh yeah, everything, every decision you made and you made some bad ones and you made some tough ones and they still aren't working. And that's what I'm going to here too. It's like none of that worked because you're down here with a big empty hole in your soul. Uh, and I did that. I duped you. I got you. I think I feel that from Kylo in that moment. Yeah, I love what you're saying about a flash because I think he does. He he holds on to the rage, and there is a it, he keeps that that rage because it's honest. But I think there is that just that moment of doubt because the information is just it instantly robs Kylo of a bunch of power. One, it says you made some of these decisions that that you made in life uh, through manipulation, through me whispering in your head, uh, and you thought it was Snoke. Uh, but you weren't even talking to the person that you thought you were talking to. So that would make you instantly doubt your choices. And also you eventually got angry and didn't want to be controlled by Snoke anymore. So you killed him and you pat yourself on the back for that. It makes you feel powerful. And in fact, you didn't do anything. You killed a puppet and I'm still here. It just kind of instantly robs him of power. And I think you're so right of he has that tiny flash of, okay, well, I'm going to have to deal with all that, but right now, stay <laughs> yeah. stay on focus, kill, kill, kill. Yeah, and look, he still did those things, and he still took those steps. There's still a lot there, but but what you and I are saying here is just like, you are now on shaky ground. And even the decisions, even if some of the decisions you made very much on your own, and to me, maybe killing Snoke was part of that, but like you made them, yes, you made them, but like, <laughs> like you can't even be sure of what is true at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's so great is, is Kylo 
for as committed as the path he's on, he's like, I, I did it. I found the strength. I killed my father. Uh, I'm haunted by it, but I did it. And I didn't want to listen to Snoke anymore, so I killed him. I didn't, you know, want to be in the shadow of Vader, so I smashed that helmet. And then Palpatine basically goes like, yeah, but actually, I'm the one who uh, encouraged you to kill your father and told you that was the only way you would become who you were. I was the one who convinced you to smash that helmet. And, uh, oh, you didn't kill Snoke at all. So your list of accomplishments that you're holding on to, you didn't do any of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> sucks for Kylo. Um, what do you think? Obviously, he wants to have that uh, effect on Kylo, but what other sort of like um, m- uh, manipulation do you think is Palpatine doing? What is what is he hoping to get in this moment out of Kylo? Um, I I I think all all the the, the those uh, dark side things that trip you up, you know, the fear, the anger, uh, which hopefully is the suffering. I, I think all of it. I, I think you can't really move off that playbook you know what i mean um and i wonder too hear me out here too just the opposite side of this up until this point is ray making making actual decisions you know mm. uh and and does does that factor and this is not totally in story i'm not even worried about what adam driver did in the scene and now i'm just wondering as a fan inside the story is there also some kind of this like kylo because because Palpatine knows what he's going to say, right? He knows what the reveal is at the end. We're going to talk about that. But like, is he building up to that too? Like, I controlled everything you did. The girl kind of did stuff on her own. Uh-oh. <laughs> How you feel about that? Like, I'm just all that's on in play for me as a fan taken in the scene in this moment. Yeah, um, I think you know? that's a great connection. That uh, a lot of what Kylo has been haunted by is being trapped in this in this role of destiny and and you know monitored and wanted and judged by all these authority figures and he tries to break ray in the last jedi by saying you're no one but it is really fun to think of how much does kylo just wish he was no one right now yeah yeah and yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I, that's a great that's a great uh, thing to explore how, how much is a, a little bit of jealousy uh, he certainly wants ray to be with him so he doesn't feel alone and he he wants ray to break like he breaks so he feels like it, it was, it would happen to anybody. It was destined to happen. It wasn't his choice. Uh, but that's a great wrinkle to be like. I, I mean, I wish I was a no one scavenger with lots of power. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just as is a big Palpatine fan, I just love that he just starts off with the absolute classics. Uh, he's playing, you know, mean grandpa authority figure. The way he says, "My boy," it's so friendly and also so possessive. Uh, and then it's just classic manipulation of he gives a compliment and then immediately takes it away. He says, you know, Stoke, Snoke trained you well, uh, it, kind of complimenting how powerful he feels Kylo is as he's walking up. But then he immediately takes it all away by saying, but, you know, it was all a parlor game and you didn't actually do anything. <laughs> but you're really you're really powerful, but you didn't make any of your own choices. Uh, and I think it's this it's this just very frightening, classic, abusive like. Uh, I want to make you hate me and need me. I want you to resent me. And then I also want you to feel like you can't possibly move forward without me telling you what's what. Mm-hmm. And, and what he has to offer, which we're going to discuss too. But yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Such a good, creepy, mean grandpa. Anyway, Kylo uh, rounds the corner uh, and we see the actual lab of horror, big pieces of machinery, bubbling vats, uh, hunched and bandage wrapped cultists plugging in hoses and rods. Uh, And then we see the double vat of Snoke 
floating in yellow fluid, one straight up and one upside down. How do you feel about the vats of Snoke? Do you think Palpatine is making more? Uh, are these his backup copies on his evil hard drive? What do you make of the Snoke vats? This is, I love this, but also it might be, I want to see, I don't even want to say least favorite part of the sequence to me because I, I love, I love this sequence so much, but every time I kind of see it, I kind of chuckle, which I don't know, maybe Palpatine enjoys a good joke too of uh, your former boss. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> like three of them. Uh, I haven't even made the robes yet. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think they're leftover Snokes that you can use for a stew. I don't think I don't, you know, it's, it's a Snoke broth being built there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think you're right. There is a lot in this scene that is balancing. It is sharing a lot of information, right? Um, and then, as we'll talk about, for a lot of people, not enough information or the right information. It's sharing a lot of information, but it is also an emotional scene between uh, Kylo and Palpatine. And that there's definitely the uh, you know, Palpatine says, I made Snoke. And then this scene, the vat of uh, Snoke floating in what looks like mellow yellow soda from the 80s. Um, yeah. Look, it, it really enforces uh, the like, look, no, he literally made him in some way. He was a clone or he's a puppet in yeah, yeah. in some way. But I also feel like it does work on an emotional level of that big bad that impossible authority figure that you thought you could never get out of the shadow of that you're so proud of killing uh here's two more like congrats yeah. you know uh yeah. so i think there is even though we don't have like a a shot of kylo seeing them and reacting per se it feels to me like it's theater for kylo of like Palpatine mm. knows he's coming and he says to all of his you know evil uh, Igor's and, and Renfield's from his universal horror movie who are keeping him alive, uh, you know, leave a couple of Snokes in, in, the, in the tank because that that will really bother Kylo. A couple Snokes in the tank. Come leave on. A couple over. Snokes in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other thoughts for you? I kind of went off a little bit on the lab itself, but did you have any any thoughts on, on seeing the lab? I, I, go, I, I, I love going back to like the first couple of viewings, right? The first one you almost, I for me, I almost throw out because it's just like, I'm just, you're just, you know, ah, ah, new Star Wars. I, I usually spend the first 10 minutes of a Star Wars movie going, ah, ah, ah <laughs> uh, until I can really figure it out. Um, but I, 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 I love it. It is something, again, on screen. We, I think in, in, in Clone Wars, we've seen a lot more of this kind of stuff, a little bit in Rebels and, and you know, Mortis and World Beats Worlds, but even just on other, you know, just kind of weird, wonderfully bizarre Star Wars things. We don't see a ton of it on the big screen. And again, Mustafar, yes, but it was different. It was way different. Like I said, it was functional. Uh, this is this is we are we are somewhere we've never been before. And it just had that feeling when he turns that corner. Uh, I think there's I think there's a lot of answers. Um, but I think when he turns that corner, I, I was as uh, wonderfully confused as he was in that moment. Like whoa, 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 what's going on? Yeah, yeah, and I think for me, there's the the explicit Frankenstein connection that is sort of the original on screen uh, mad scientist laboratory, or you know, one of the earliest and most uh, famous, most iconic. But I think there's a lot about it that's just um, I, I use that term pulpy a lot, you know, because there's so many influences on Star Wars of uh, this early genre storytelling that some you know from the adventure serial, but some from literal pulp magazines and paperbacks which were meant to be titillating so they would have bright lurid colors exactly like that yellow of snoke's tank and they would have you know strange creepy unknowable machinery that kind of expressed 
and anxiety uh, in those eras about these fast movement of technology of like, is this a good idea? Is it worth it? And like, I just see all of that, all of that stew uh, of uh, elements that went to Star Wars. And, and here's a, in the last chapter of the Skywalker saga, really playing with this specific part of it. And, and I just love it aesthetically. Mm. We need that play set. We, we've talked about that before, but we need that play set. Oh yeah. The, the Palpatine's lab. Oh yeah. Oh with, yeah. With, Real bubbling Snoke action. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, you can, yeah, blow on it and make the Snoke vat bubble. I'd love it. <laughs> Kid, make your own Snoke. And it comes like gloop out of the gloop. Just, you, know. <laughs> you can make his vat bubble. Yeah. Oh man. I love it. Uh, so Palpatine continues his speech uh, and says, The first order was just the beginning. I will give you so much more. Uh, and Kylo responds, You'll die first. Palpatine is unfazed, saying, I've died before. Is that an underexamined line? What does it mean to you that Palpatine himself says he died? First, I just, I love that line and I love that delivery. I just, I, I love it. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, throw, throw uh, Sith stones at me because I'm positive here. I just love that line. Um, I think it's underexamined. I think, I think it's forgotten by, by those that never wanted to hear it, Joseph, if we want to go that direction. <laughs> Uh, and we always talk about not everything a character says is 100% fact. Uh, it's also the point of view. Um, but there's a lot of things Palpatine's just saying here or things we're seeing in the scene that are just, they are face value. It doesn't mean you can't dig into it. Like I, even the first order, first order is just beginning. Uh, here I am a Ray Slo Sloan fan going, well, well, what does that mean for Ray Sloan? Well, what does it mean for the stories I've read? I don't think it changes any of that because those are still people uh, you know, following a, a contingency plan or building something on their own. And there's a lot of great stories and, uh, you know, I say great in the formation of the first order, but you know what I mean? Like there's powerful things, Iden Bercio, her father, all those kind of things, all those things still stand for me. Uh, it isn't just washing away that history. Um, but it, it, this is a, this is him saying it. I, I died. I was no more. My, my essence was thrown over. We learned some of those facts later on. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll talk about, how much or how little was revealed here. But it, to me, this is the big fact. I died. That was done. I was over. This is something new and we're not quite there yet. Yeah. Look, look at my bubble and vats. We're not quite there. <laughs> yeah. I love your thoughts on the first order. The first order was just the beginning. Yeah. That doesn't lessen any of the first order storytelling to me because uh, this has happened a lot where huge swaths of storytelling that we're invested in that matter to characters uh, just ultimately people dancing on the end of Palpatine's strings. That's the entire Clone Wars animated series is people mm -hmm. dancing to the strings of his manipulation. So a uh, great point that doesn't lessen the first order for me. And then for the, I've died before. I love how casual it is as uh, sheave lines go. Uh, <laughs> it, so I think it has this great emotional manipulation of kid. There's so much you don't know. My boy it's nice that you think you understand the dark side, but there's so much you don't know. It's got that aspect of it. But I read it as true. I read it as, uh, you know, we, we, as you were saying, we learn in the novelization that is he's throwing, uh, falling down the shaft of the Death Star 2. He has this contingency plan and he throws his, uh, his awareness, his soul, his dark soul into a rotting clone. Um, so we have that, information but from this line i get the sense that it was death to him he experienced pain 
he experienced, you know, horror in that this is real to him. And I don't, I don't picture it from this line when he says, I have died before. I don't picture it as like he threw his essence into a perfect clone. And then it was like, hey, everybody, here's a bunch of orders. I think it mm -hmm. was incredibly painful, incredibly disorienting. disorienting. He, his master plan, plan fell apart and he lands in a body that is not his own, that it can't contain him. And it's hell. Yeah, I don't see it as like, um, gosh, it's been a while, but like, you know, when a, when a Cylon dies, you know, Trisha Alford doesn't just die and just all of a sudden reemerge from a, 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 a Cylon bath, you know? Uh, yeah. And even that painful process, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I think he is, is dead and they're working as we as we find out. They're, they're working to try to make this go and, and it's not going well. So I, I don't think he just suddenly eyes pop up like, oh, cool, cool. Hey, what's up? Are you ready to start this? I, I think I think he's in nothingness. And who knows what he's seen on the other side? You know, I, I think there's a lot going on. And that to, to your point of pain and whatever, but he felt this. This was a death. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's another point where the film is telling you uh, that, in my opinion, the victory of Anakin and Luke was a victory. He was dead uh, from a certain point of view and not threatening the galaxy anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, we've had some of those conversations about, uh, about that recently or, or, or what the battle was and how it is different, but yes, I, I I'm full, full, yeah. full, uh, fully on board with that one. Excellent. Okay. So he has died before, so we shall move on. Uh, Kylo seems to notice where the voice is coming from. And as both Kylo and the camera itself rounds the corner, we see the shadowy figure of Palpatine. He says the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural, unnatural, uh, or unnatural. Uh, some consider to be unnatural flashes of lightning. And we see Sheev's wrinkled milky eyed face. Uh, so this line obviously has meaning for audiences, but in the world of the story, what does it mean that Palpatine is quoting himself? <laughs> I mean, I I think he's uh, he's again. I I say this goes to a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, confidence. Um, but it's it's uh, it's what am I trying to say? It's always what he's what his end game was or his bigger game, not his end game, his bigger game, the pursuit of this stuff. Think of that little, the, we all love that line in JJ Abrams was going into this movie. was like, oh, I, I love that opera scene. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, I love, I love a little bit later on where he is. Um, um, he says to, uh, oh gosh, I didn't write the quote down, but he, you know, he's beg, I, I beg you, I'm, I beg, use my power, Anakin. Yeah. It, hold him now it's manipulation for Anakin and that scene Padme and all that kind of stuff it's that but I there's a there's a truth I've always taken from Shiva in that moment that he's like we can defeat death like I need to do this too I don't want I, I don't want to die don't want to let go that is the Sith way it's not the Jedi peacefully transitioning to the next phase he's always had that in him and that might have been that might be the center of what Palpatine Sheev not 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 Sidious or anything but Sheev as, as a kid whatever made him switch it's this fear of letting go, the fear of the unknown, which is the fear Anakin has, the fear Yoda sees in him, you know, um, that it all ties to that to me. And so for him, this is, um, you know, it's probably something uh, he says to people are probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, you know, the dark side is the path. They're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it, chief. But, <laughs> but it, it's been in him. You know what I mean? Like this is the driving force. So, and he's been, not waiting to say it in some comical sense, but this is that path. Yeah. And he feels maybe I finally, I can defeat. 
death. That's all I want to do because I don't want to die. I don't want to go to the next phase. And then I kind of touched that. And now I'm even more driven. This is my moment. This is everything I turned to Sith for. Yeah. I really like that uh, that interpretation. It's some great headcanon uh, in terms of like his his childhood and what uh, broke him, what what fears drove him uh, to the dark side. And I know we've got some stuff in the in the Plagueis novel, and that stuff's all great. Uh, you know, it's yeah. not canon, so eventually maybe we'd get a different canon story. But I love this idea because uh, what I was thinking about, you know, this this phrase. Why did, why does he say this phrase? Because it's it's not like uh, Kylo, you know, knows that that's something he said to Anakin as well. So right. I almost took it as like, is this, is this what Plagueis said to him to hook mm-hmm. him? You know, if he's his kid and he's been around death or he's lost loved ones and he's hungry for power and afraid of death and never wants to die himself. And like uh, when, when Plagueis came to him, is that what Plagueis said? The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural because it's got mm-hmm. this sense of like that, that specific phrase is like a mantra that like has power to him, you know, that it matters to Sheev himself. So I love what you're saying of yeah. uh, this obsession. We, we know he wants to live forever so he can continue to have power and control everything. But to make it that personal of like, I, I have touched death. <laughs> I don't want to die. I want to stay here mm-hmm. on this plane, controlling everything in the dark side of the forest is the path to that. Yeah, I will burn it all down to stay alive. Yeah, so I, I kind of like the the headcanon that it is close to his heart. It's something that Plague is told to him. Uh, but I also just like it from the perspective of it's a manipulation uh, both times that we hear it as the audience, right? When uh, he says it to Anakin, it's this hope of like, well, you know, the dark side is just a different way of looking at the Force. And, you know, some judgmental people like the Jedi might think that's unnatural, but it's just the other side of the equation. It's not actually unnatural. Some consider it uh, unnatural. And maybe that could be a way that we could save uh, your young, heroic, (laughs) beautiful, you know, wife who has just a heart of gold. Uh, and that's what he's selling to Anakin. Uh, mm. Here he's selling to to Kylo just that, hey, the dark side of the force is this endless power. It's what you're drawn to. It's what, what you want more of. It You can accomplish anything with the dark side. So it's a manipulation both times. But I love that in Revenge of the Sith, it's like he's, he's selling this rosy picture of like, uh, Palpatine or uh, or Padme uh, could die during childbirth and you could like touch her forehead and she would mm-hmm. come back to life. And mm-hmm. the truth of it is, here's what it actually looks like, you know, mm-hmm. to be stuck in a rotting clone of your body uh, with, with parts of you falling off, hanging from a hook in a lab of horrors. That's what Palpatine was actually offering Anakin Mm-hmm. To save Padme. So to get to see, like, in this movie, the truth of what he was selling back in Revenge of the Sith is really great. It, it's kind of one of these time, time-honored traditions in a lot of these kind of big fantasy stories. You know, only death can pay for life. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen fell for that. Well, Khal Drogo was alive uh, after that. Not what she bargained for. That's the lesson. That's the lessons that are there for the for the dark side uh, kind of kind of pursuits. Uh, so, yeah, that, that that tracks for me, too, as well. Yeah. 
Um, so we'll get right into it. Does this line work for you as part of the explanation of how Palpatine returned? Or for you, does it, I know for a lot of people, and, and want to have uh, respect uh, for people who feel strongly this way, uh, does it feel too hand-wavy? No, I think I think you kind of, Oh, like yeah, yeah. Sorry, a different. I I started down the path of a different hand wave, like waving, like uh, here it is. Here's the answer. No, like just brushes over it. Uh, I under. I totally understand what that. I totally understand where that comes from. I I I totally get it. Um, I I think I, especially in my early reviews, particularly uh, the I think the last Jedi Council show we did was was a review of this movie, and and uh, I think I'd like, hey, cool. I don't know all the answers yet, and and I do want them. Um, I'm a fan who wants to see it and and feel it later on. Don't don't need it every beat during the movie I'm watching. But yeah, I I don't fault anyone at all. Uh, I don't fault anyone for for disagreeing, you know, or having different interpretations of of scenes and stories at all. But just like I get it, you know what I mean? I get it. And and there's some stuff, bigger Palpatine stuff, that didn't work for me early on with aftermath stuff. Where you remember you and I had a conversation about it of just like. I, lo- I love focusing on Palpatine as the, le- the leader of the empire, a uh, bad guy, dark side guy, wants some power. And, and I focused on the war and I, I didn't fully always love the idea that Palpatine behind closed doors was more concerned about other things, but then it really works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like then it, going back to what we're talking about, I, I, I love the idea of this 10 year old Sheev death touches him, touches his life. And he, he doesn't want that to experience that. And, Therefore, the only way he can he can fix that is by absolutely conquering everything and controlling everything so that he can stay alive and it all leads to that. So that works for me as the answer on that level. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, not surprisingly, we are in agreement. I, I really do get that people wanted more explanation, clearer explanation. We got more stuff in uh, the novelization and, and, uh, and that was obviously kind of a a uh, storm on social media of just seeing, you know, the article titles and, and, and having that kind of discussion. Uh, but I really get that for a lot of people there, it was a distraction that not understanding where Palpatine, how, how Palpatine came back, how he survived and not having that be clear enough was a distraction uh, from enjoying the rest of the movie. Cause they're like, wait, what's the deal? Or I feel like you didn't explain that enough. And, and now I'm already, kind of crossing my arms at the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I really get that as a criticism uh, yeah. and respect that. For myself, yeah. though, I think it might just be a difference in, in taste of I'm seeing everything I need on screen. Like, I'm glad that we got in the novelization. Like, oh, he threw his essence. Great. Um, before that, I had the headcanon of like his essence was burned into a piece of the wreckage and these cultists went and got it and, you know, peeled his soul out and put it in a, you know, diseased body or this was what was left of his body and they stitched it back together. Like that part of it to me isn't as much of a concern as what is being said visually, aesthetically, thematically that Palpatine wants to cling to life in an unnatural way in everything I'm seeing is this is the classic story, the classic, you know, human anxiety about hanging on to life. Uh, like you were saying of, you know, everybody wants, we have so many stories of, oh yeah, no, you can live past death, but you're not going to like what comes back. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is the picture of it. It is an unnatural marriage of science and uh, 
natural. The the force is natural, but this feels like some perversion of it. And it's the classic Frankenstein story of you playing with something that isn't natural. And this is what you get, a rotting evil soul uh, that is too evil for the body. (laughs) You can't even contain it. And it's hanging from a hook and it's a horror show. And that, like, you came back through the means of, of science and unnatural magic, and this is the result, just makes so much emotional storytelling sense to me. Yeah, and, and the fact that you got this group, uh, the Sith Eternal, who just, they, they need this power, they need this leader, they can't do it on their own, and, and they've they've held held some beliefs here, and, and that's all kind of wrapped up into it. And, and yeah, I, I to me, I always said, felt the answers are there. Again, if you ask the why, you and I, just pound people over the head with that. I, I'm, I'm sure it gets annoying sometimes. Sorry, we hit you so hard on the heads, but I, I just, I can't, I can't move away from that. Joseph of just like, ask the why, ask the why. Yes. I know there's a, a character literally says somehow he came back. I totally get that. But why did he come back? And, and everything, everything's already there. It's in the previous movies. It's in, it, this is communicating with revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll continue uh, discussing the scene and I think uh, dig down into the whys that make sense uh, for for us and uh, and see where we find ourselves. Got one more uh, thing I want to talk about and then we're going to take a quick break. So as the scene continues, uh, Kylo whips his blade to Palpatine's face. We get that great shot uh, of the tip of the red blade and Palpatine's uh, calm face. And Kylo asks, uh, what could you give me? And Palpatine responds, everything. Why is that such a good hook for Kylo? It's the dark side, baby. They want <laughs> everything. But here's the thing. It, it's similar to what I, this this kind of headcanon we're building around. Uh, young Sheev uh, goes dark. Um, if Kylo has everything, he doesn't have to face what he lost and took away from himself. He doesn't have to face it. No one's going to question him. Uh, no one's going to fight him. Uh, he, the, the deep seated, you know, Ray says you're haunted by what you did to your father. He's haunted by the fact that he can't return to his mother. Those things are there and they're weighing on him and it destroys him. And Hey, he never has to face that again. If he's the one sitting on the throne, it's everything, everything, everything will be, uh, what heals him in, in his mind. Yeah. Yeah, I just love it because I think it is so in line as you're uh, describing it as the trap of the Sith, the trap of the dark side. In in a way, it's almost like Palpatine is manipulating him, but he's also like finishing the manipulation of somebody who is far down the road of the dark side. So like it feels like uh, Palpatine Sidious is this master. The dark side is like, look, we've both been there, kid. I know exactly what you want. Uh, You want everything. You want, as you yourself screamed, more. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. want, as I screamed, unlimited power. This is the trap of the Sith. You rip yourself apart uh, trying to get things. It's No matter how much you get, it's not satisfying. So you just keep trying to get more. And in fact, that cycle of rage that you don't have enough is what keeps you constantly grasping for more. And we live with this illusion that eventually we will have enough and what could possibly be enough everything 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 so on that fun light note we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed. And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. Radio. 
A4Center fans, don't forget, 4Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's 4Center on YouTube. Check it out. back to finish our discussion of Palpatine's creepy, spooky Halloween time lab of horror. Uh, we're going through this scene, having some fun, making up some head cannon uh, for Palpatine's youth and wrestling with uh, the themes, the aesthetics, and kind of the whys of the scene. So as we continue down the scene, Palpatine raises his hands. We see they're broken and stitched together with bones sticking out. We see whatever's going on with his body. It's not great. Uh, he continues this idea of everything by saying a new empire. There's a little bit of a lightning crackling between his broken fingers. And then many, many Sith Star Destroyers erupt from the surface of Exegol and rise into the lightning filled sky as a slow Imperial March plays. Uh, we also see the navigation tower that will be important later uh, for you. We've had this intimate, uh, creepy scene in this uh, lab of horrors in the basement of a Sith temple with a decaying body. And then we move to this big picture of, of technological terror. Is this a successful moment of horror for you? And if so, why? Uh, yeah, it is in terms of larger story. Uh, I think you you once you're once you're just out of the gate fast, you know, here's where we're going. We're not wasting time. We're at, we're, we're at Palpatine's door. I think you did need this. There's a part of me that's like, oh, I wonder if there was another beat, not necessarily with Kylo there or something that like Palpatine gets a little bit more power and it's time to launch Star Wars. But that's the stakes need to be just raised right from the beginning in this case, literally. Right. So <laughs> it, it does work. Uh, and I, I think some of the, the uh, maybe you're hearing from me is this was something that we saw in the trailers, at least a clip of it. Right. And we saw the ships and I was so excited about that. And I think right in this moment, I was like, oh, I bet we're going to get up. Oh, there they are. So <laughs> it, it, I love that trailer. So I'm not I don't I'm not this isn't a uh, give me a, you know, just a logo. And that's all I need from a trailer conversation. I get it and I'll, and I'll take it because this does work for me overall in the story. But there was a little part of me that's like, oh, yeah, OK, it's that moment. All right. All right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it just really works on an uh, emotional level uh, because We've seen Palpatine manipulate people before, you know, he hooked Anakin on, but, but save your wife. And, you know, he hooked Luke on, but look, your friends are dying out there. Don't you want to strike me down? And I like seeing him manipulate somebody who is already so far down the path of the dark side saying, all you want is more. All you want mm -hmm. is, is the absolute power to crush anyone who resists you. So you never have to doubt your own power. So you never have to look at your own problems. Uh, here you go. Here is a means to just conquer everything it's all these ships and then it's like you know we talked a lot about where kylo was at as he was marching to towards trying to extinguish this voice from the past uh and this is him basically saying palpatine saying hey i'll give you what you want the means to your uh, you know victory and having everything uh but it's literally the past that is not buried it's literally mm -hmm. these you know classic star destroyer designs 
and they're literally bursting up from the earth. It's literally the past will not be buried. It can't be. And it works on a practical level for Kylo too. That they need the ships, right? And and, and by the way, Palpatine is a yeah, is, I'd say he's a flair for the dramatic going about through <laughs> his life. He gets a good show. And he also gets the actual physical power of weapons and soldiers. And that's how he did what he did. He needed that. He wasn't just you know, fighting Jedi in, in alleyways, he took it all over. And so he knows the value of that just on a pure strategy level and a pure numbers level. You need this. You really do need this. And Kylo knows that. Yeah. Yeah. So it absolutely does uh, literally raise the stakes and literally uh, raise the past from the ground. Uh, on the more practical side of it, uh, do you think Palpatine physically made the ships rise with his hand uh, with a little bit of lightning in his fingers, like uh, sending a signal like a garage door opener. What, what do you make of what's physically happening there? I do now. I, I see him as uh, it, 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 Palpatine himself being like the final wire needing needing to be connected, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's on. And the reason that works for me in, in terms of headcanon is because this, this isn't something that happened overnight. And the failed clones and the attempts and the time it took to get this. Also, this is the, we we do learn, um, and, you know, and I get it wasn't maybe put in the movie, but just, you know, we get that these are the children of the Sith Eternal or even some of them themselves. And it's people out there going, nope, we still believe we're lighting a candle for this uh, this Sith uh, Lord we, we we loved. And so there's some, some practical stuff that works for me in the scene. But yeah, the idea that this is the moment um, and maybe Kylo needed to be there. I don't know. Was Palpatine waiting? I don't know. That's I have to f- fill out that page in my head, Kenny. But <laughs> literally, that this was like the final. The batteries are in the the opener. Let's do it. Press bu- press the button. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I, I understand the the uh, wanting all of the uh, the eyes dotted and the T's crossed in terms of information. We that's kind of I think the way Star Wars often works is that that kind of stuff like well who built those ships where'd all those materials come from like it's a planet full of cultists they built them over decades uh Mm -hmm. we get that information in other places but you know watching the movie with that question erased i think it's just great that we know a part of what he's been waiting for is for this fleet to be completed so he has this technological terror like the death star Uh, a gun he he had one big gun he can point at the galaxy now he has hundreds thousands of guns he can point at the galaxy it's uh you Mm -hmm. know the lack of imagination of evil it's you know the same thing in a slightly different form it's ready and kylo's ready so i love the idea that i i'm getting there I, i have all the pieces in place I don't have to hide behind pretending to be, you know, just Sheev Palpatine. I am, you know, the Sith. I, I don't have to use Masamita to send a message for me. I get to yeah. shout to the galaxy, I'm the Sith, I'm back, and the, the fleet's ready. I'll bring that Skywalker boy that I've twisted into a pretzel, and then for theater, I will wait, and I will use <laughs> my limited force powers and throw the switch, and boom, all those ships will pop up you know, as a form of theater for this kid. Yeah. And, and it worked. Look, the, that announcement, the, the dead speak and, 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 you know, whatever you feel about the announcement or, or that it appeared in a Fortnite game, but I don't know, it doesn't matter, but they were going to put it here. The announcement is kind of the, it's like the word came back to, you know, Palpatine. We're ready. We're almost there. Okay. Announcement. And now I, I need him here on, on, on the manipulation level, what he's trying to do with Kylo, but also on the idea of, if he launches the ships and they got a ton of them and they got the, and, and they're ready to go, 
he doesn't, he can't afford Kylo going, well, I've got a fleet myself at least. And who knows what else I'm working on. Even though Palpatine's tapped into that a little bit, maybe I get it, but like, uh, and maybe pride could report on him. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like he, he can't afford Kylo fighting his, his fleet either. Even though I know, I know he has more. I'm just saying that, that, that to me works as well, where it's like, we're ready to go, but I need Kylo on my side. I need to show him what we've got. Otherwise, I might get mired down in him fighting me too. And I can't, I don't have time for that. I've waited 30 years. Yeah, yeah. For all his manipulations of Kylo, making Kylo feel uh, weak, Kylo could still potentially be a, a threat, right? Palpatine yeah. himself is is weakened. He operates from fear often. So yeah, I love what you're saying of like, I need to get, not only do I want to, you know, use him, to control the galaxy, use him to do this ritual that we learn about at the end of the movie. And I can, I'll, I'll claim that he gets to be the new emperor, but I'll possess him and it'll be great. Uh, he needs all that. But he, yeah, I love the idea that there's also like, I, I want to just make sure that he doesn't cause any little bump of trouble for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Palpatine makes his offer. There's a big pan of all the ships lined up and he tells Kylo, the might of the final order will soon be ready. It will be yours if you do as I ask. Then we see Palpatine's pale face just spitting. Kill the girl and the Jedi and become what your grandfather Vader could not. Why is Rey's death a priority for Palpatine? Why is that the sort of manipulation, the price that Kylo uh, needs to pay in mm-hmm. order to get the everything? You know, on one level, she's definitely a threat, right? But he, he, he doesn't need her he needs what she has is how i think we've always viewed that and so she is the more powerful uh tool that he can get a hold of here uh and i think there's some different ways it can go but um and 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 palpatine's always good at that uh at least old palpatine was so that's that's uh far as the ray thing that's why i think it's a priority for him yeah yeah i think uh for me and i know that's another thing that people brought up being unclear about what Palpatine's plan is. And my interpretation is, yeah, back in the day when he found out uh, that one of his clones had offspring and maybe this girl had power that, yeah, he sent uh, Ochi a bastoon and go find her and bring it, bring her to me. But it, it didn't work out. Uh, He would, he would want Ben because he's great revenge to uh, on Anakin and Luke to take Ben. And I think he's being sincere here of, he wants uh, Kylo. He's manipulated Kylo for so long. He's Kylo's pretty broken and he just needs him to take this last step by eliminating the Jedi. I think what he's saying is pretty I think he's being honest for Palpatine of kill the girl and the Jedi because Palpatine has this long fear of like I am the most powerful thing in the galaxy but if one Jedi survives I'm frightened. Like there's in Revenge of the Sith there's a little bit of fear in his voice when he's like the Jedi are relentless. <laughs> like we have to yeah. wipe them out. Right. That's his first thing with Anakin. It's like the second that they find out they're going to endlessly be coming after us. So just take them by surprise, kill them all. Um, that there's that fear. When you accept that Palpatine has been puppeteering Snoke. So much what happens in the first two movies is you could just go about conquering the galaxy, but you're obsessed with Luke Skywalker. You're obsessed with your fear of Luke Skywalker. And this seems to me an extension of like, She's Skywalker's gone, but she's powerful, and I can't have even one Jedi, especially not a powerful one like her, running around. She's got to die. Uh, and I think by having Kylo kill her, that's Kylo cutting off any possibility of connection to anybody else, right? So if Kylo can do that, then he's totally in Palpatine's back pocket. 
Yeah, and, he, and he's even a more powerful tool for him to use. Yeah, that's going back to, you know, what we say old Sheev there back in the day. But it's like there's, I think, a lot of points, uh, you know, as, as much as he's in control, we've talked about how he, he can adjust on the fly when he's needed. And I think he is, you know, so go, go to the throne room turn the Jedi. Uh, either Luke wipes out his father and I got him or maybe Vader kills his son and we're good to go. Threat's and, gone, uh, yep. Threat's gone. Uh, I'm good with either one. There's probably a preference, but let's do it because he's the one that's like, all right, so be it, Jedi. I'm going to kill you. We'll work on something else. So I think Palpatine's always aware of options, and, and he's got two great ones. And he doesn't even, you're not, not even worried about the dyad or anything. He's just got two great options. There's one yeah. I prefer. I'll yeah. take whichever one I got. Yeah, he didn't Yeah, he didn't know anything about the dyad. Uh, you know, if, if Kylo is correct in saying he doesn't know about that, he's been working on Kylo for so long. And then at the last minute when the, you know, the princess of Alderaan ruins it by saving her son. He pivots to it's got to be Ray. It's got to be Ray. You know, yeah. and then goes to the the greatest hits trying to turn her at the last minute. Yeah, sorry. That's and that's another good point to this conversation. Like his his just being upset at the princess of Alderaan, you know, messing up again, much like her mother did back in the day with his plans. Always in this, always a thorn in his side. Always messing things up. Yeah, and I and and I yeah, I love that beat, and I love the power of that. Of like, okay, well, I worked on this for decades turning him and i just made the final uh sell to him to go kill the jedi and you he was about to do exactly what uh what she asked he was about to kill ray and leia stopped him and leia saved him you know yeah. it, along with uh with han and luke arguably um the vader taunt I, I love that and i feel like that's something that we haven't talked about uh as much how does that vader taunt affect kylo do you think and become what your grandfather vader could not I think too. I mean, we know Kylo was always afraid he'd he'd come up short of being Vader, right? I mean, Ray tosses that in his face in Force Awakens. So right. that's something there too. Uh, he also worshipped him. All right, right. And now, no, two things. He's he's learned that. I don't know. It's like wow, that celebrity I loved is uh, it, it follows me on Instagram. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm Vader. I got his helmet. I'm talking to my grandfather. I'm going to finish what he started. This is great. Oh wait, that. That might not have been what I thought it was. Uh, and and so there's a little bit of like his his uh, love of Vader has been insulted too as well here. But uh, uh, when you're always, you're, you're afraid that you're not going to be as as good as this person. And then you find out like, yeah, that, that wasn't even good enough. Can you, can you get past that? Another attachment to the past. I think it's all those kind of things he's probably things playing on in Kylo right here. Yeah, yeah. And I think it would have been powerful if this scene had come sometime, you know, you know, it was at the beginning of Last Jedi and Kylo was still fairly on the uh, I want to finish what my grandfather started. I have this anxiety that I will not be as powerful as Vader. But in The Last Jedi, he kind of moves beyond that, right? He smashes the helmet and he doesn't even want to be in the shadow of that authority figure that parental figure he just wants to be whoever he's meant to be free entirely of the past so i love that this taunt connects with where kylo was when we met him but mm. then in this moment of the story it's just putting kylo back on his bullshit <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like kylo had kind of moved past this one particular part of the anxiety of not being able to get out of the shadow of all these other people and Palpatine just expertly is like, hey, remember all that stuff you wrestled with? Remember that uh, path you were trying to get off of? Maybe you should be right back there. Mm. Maybe you're so close. 
Maybe you should put the helmet back together. Maybe you should be Vader and be Vader even better than Vader could ever be. And, and won't that make you feel good? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 that line is just, uh, it, it, I like it anytime anybody says Vader. <laughs> and I love how, yeah. you know, heir to Vader, all of it. And it's just so powerful to me of what it means for, for Kylo's journey and the, the complexity of what mm. he is wrestling with, uh, trying to escape the shadow of all of his uh, authority figures. Uh, and I, it works on some level uh, because Kylo turns his lightsaber off and Palpatine continues, you will rule all the galaxy as the new emperor, but beware, she is not who sh you think she is. Why is Palpatine uh, telling Kylo that Rey is his heir? What's his angle there? I think I, I look at uh, more fear uh, on Kylo's part. Like, what he th again because he's he thought he knew that part of the story right um yep. and he, he knew some of it so you don't know much again you're being you you were duped or uh you didn't have all the answers sorry bub uh and then just simply it's a it's more threat to this pursuit of everything uh and you talk about him you know maybe you need to wipe her out because that's a that's one final connection here and you'd be clear of all of it other than me uh you know and selling that to him so it's um Starts with fear, which can turn on all, all those issues Yoda will warn you about, but a definite threat, definite threat. And and also maybe he right in that moment, Kylo real, realizes on the depth chart, Palpatine probably views her a little higher. So you better remove that, remove that threat. Yeah, I love what you're saying. I think it is a great culmination of like almost everything I've told you is... Uh, information that you thought you had that you were wrong about. Here is yet another thing <laughs> that you were wrong about, kid. So you need me. And then, yeah, I think there's there's different ways the story could go. But from uh, Sheev's perspective, they all work out great for him. If uh, if Kylo learns that uh, that Ray has the the blood of the Emperor in her, that and she's a you know potential heir to the throne. Uh, that could make him angry and, and make him want to take her out even more. It's giving him motivation. But if he opens up to her, that's kind of works out well for Sheev in the way it's going in the middle of the film, which is that Kylo is really doubling down on his falling to the dark side because of this new information about Rey. That is like, it's... It's fate. It's destiny. You know, we are born of this dark lineage and no matter what we do, we can't escape it. That's how I feel about myself. And Ray, if you will break, I'll be able to prove to myself that, mm -hmm. yeah, it was always fate. It was always destiny. And I think by giving Kylo this information, knowing that Kylo might, you know, resist, might play around with it, that even if he kind of tried to, you know, uh, a partner with Ray again, it would be in a way that would further commit him to the dark side. Mm, yeah. Excellent stuff about a little bit of that panic later on and why he just sees, you know, now he's given away the rest of the story, but it's like, this is, and, 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 and you, you said there, but you know, you can't escape it. It, it, it cuts the colors. Like, ah, this is my destiny. I, I, there's no, I don't need to apologize. I don't need to deal with it. I don't, I, 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 I just want to conquer everything and I don't have to, this is always supposed to be Ray. You can't escape it either. Uh, let's not let's not be responsible for our actions or our choices. Let's just step forward into destiny. Almost mis misunderstanding destiny, like you and I always talk about. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. A version of destiny that doesn't lead you to a choice, but instead makes your choice for you. 
Yeah. 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 And, and it's always like, I love that. Yeah. And it all comes from that there too. She, she yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you know, the rest of the story, Kylo. And, you know, as another in, insurance uh, point, if Kylo reveals the truth to Ray, as he does, it sends uh, Ray spinning too, uh, and opens up, you know, a, a chink in, in her armor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She's she's a smart one. Get that information back to her, and you got more problems too. Yeah. Yeah. So as this uh, scene ends, as the Palpatine's lab before ends, uh, Kylo really takes the bait of this Ray talk and says, "Who is she?" And Palpatine's only answer is a creepy little smile as lightning flashes and thunder rumbles. Uh, how do you think the conversation continued after this? I think uh, he's still spoken gothic riddles, and I think it was something like, she is the heir to an immeasurable power. And Kylo says, what power? And Palpatine says, my. <laughs> and just more tiny little bits of lightning from his fingers. <laughs> I think that's all he can do right now. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I think if the scene continued, obviously I know the scene cuts off there because the narrative point of telling the story is for us to wonder and uh, all that. But if it continued, I think, we, you know, we might have got the really straightforward uh, exposition that uh, some people wanted about, like, uh, I made many clones. Some of those clones were failures and I rejected them. And one failed clone had a child, you know, mm -hmm. might have got uh, some of that. Uh I love the scene cutting off there because narratively it is just setting up. Ooh, where's the rest of this story going? Uh, these are always stories about uh, identity. The entire sequel trilogy, in my opinion, is about uh, the new generation uh, wrestling with the shadow of the past generation. So it sets all those things up, but also just being contained within this scene, this little drama, uh, this little emotional manipulation and terror show between Kylo and Palpatine. This is the first time that Kylo does break a little bit, right? Because he just comes in and says, I'll kill you. Oh, you revealed that a bunch of things I thought were true or lies. There's a flash of doubt or concern in my face, uh, but I cover it up. You know, I, I play along with all this information you're giving me. And this is the, even when he's saying, you know, what could you possibly give me? It's doubt. It's interrogation. Mm -hmm. It's like, you, there's nothing you could give me. By mm -hmm. the time he gets to who is she, Palpatine's already in his head and broken him a little bit because he is finally going, all right, I walked in here just thinking I knew everything and I just needed to kill another old man, you know, who, who wants to usurp my glory. Uh, and now I realize I don't know things and I'm asking you, please, please mm -hmm. mean grandpa. You're right. I don't have enough. Please mean grandpa. Can you give me the information? Yeah. Well, you said he lowers his lightsaber. That's very key. You talk about, all right, I'm listening. You know, and it's not out of like, that's why this scene, uh, going back to what I was uh, explaining or, or trying to explain early on of just like, it isn't just Palpatine, excuse me, uh, Kylo Ren, big, big, bad guy, wants more power, rule the world. Um, everybody wants to rule the world. It, 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 it's, it's, it's an emotional drive. And so for, for him to, like you're saying, to kind of be like, he puts down that lightsaber, like, great, let's team up. He's kind of like, What's happening? Maybe I don't know everything. I got to see how this plays out. And one and, and, and one of the follow-ups, what's one of the things he does immediately after this, right? Rebuilds that helmet. He's been sitting around for a year, sitting around with for a year. Because now he, I think he needs to hide more. He needs to go back a bit, whether he knows it or not. He's, he's, he's afraid. He's got threats. He wants yeah. more power to erase it all. Yeah. And I mean, and I like the idea that he's like, all right, uh, 
well, yeah, I'm still going to kill him. There's no way I'm going to follow a new master because that's what Ray taunts yeah. him. Like, oh, are you following a new master? Like, no, I'm going to I'm going to kill him. I'm going to take the throne. And and yeah. Palpatine has to know, of course, he's going to try some of that. They all do. They always do. They should. He'd be he'd be disappointed if he didn't. Right, uh, right. But he still has Kylo because he's got that doubt. Kylo now knows that there's so much that he doesn't know. And he's going to have that doubt. And that's going to be, you know, a weakness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so uh, kind of final thoughts as we wrap up here. For you, uh, we talk a lot about Star Wars being this great balance between the new and the old in the sequel trilogy, wrestling with that from it being kind of explicit themes, storylines, ideas. Uh, there's the sort of meta part of that where, you know, the opinions about the sequel trilogy in our real world really turn a lot on whether or not people think there's enough new ideas or there aren't enough of the... Uh, and uh, old characters a lot of it is the battle of the new and old what is the balance of uh, the old and the new in this scene for you how does the combination work i think it works really well especially from the sense of story-wise palpatine is the threat as leia says always in the shadows you know behind it all that just you know and, and could have could it have been someone else could could you know snoke prime or could have been snoke I, yeah yeah it could have been I, I, I'm a sucker for this means a lot, man. It's the main event. The bad guy, the big bad came back in a, in a way uh, that is uh, disturbing and unnatural. And that factors in the story. But also, what does it say? You talk about meta, like we talk about sequel trilogy, very much passing things on to the next generation. Uh, Han, you know, here, Ray, here's a blaster. Uh, you know, Leia recognizing new leaders need to emerge. Um, Luke Skywalker does that as well. And here's Palpatine coming back and going, no, my story, still mine, still mine. It's just that works for me on that level too. And that's why new and old uh, at play at war in this scene more than yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Yeah, because there is that, the the heroes are desperately saying, my time has passed or is soon going to please. Will you take up the saber? Will you take up the leadership? You know, and yeah, for Palpatine to be going like, I, I will give you all this stuff uh, so I can eventually possess your body. <laughs> yeah, I'll wipe uh, you away. I don't want anything new around. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that's a great intersection, the old and the new. And then just the aesthetics of the scene. I feel like this scene, even for people who didn't like the movie, Many of the people that I talked to uh, enjoyed this scene. I'm not saying all. I'm just saying, you know, friends I knew enjoyed this scene because it is old. It is harkening back to uh, uh, Frankenstein. It is uh, harkening back to, you know, creepy archaeological dig in this horrible, you know, place. Not even horrible, but just place of mysterious power. There's so much about it that is old, but it was kind of new to see it big screen Star Wars. It felt mm -hmm. fresh. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. I, I just going back to the first couple of viewings of me, just particularly the first viewing of just like, oh, wow, I, this is what is this? This is bonkers. That's some of my early reviews, uh, even here in Four Centers. Like there's this movie is bonkers at times. And this is part of it. It's just like uh, this that we are not on a Star Destroyer now here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not on a Star Destroyer anymore. Uh, we're not on the Star Destroyer named Kansas anymore. Um <laughs> If this scene is a successful horror scene to you, uh, why? Why is it scary? It's scary because all the problems are in, are internal, right? What What is the scariest thing should be what's going on inside your heart? Can you, <laughs> can you keep those monsters at bay? Uh, and I, I see that there in Kylo. 
uh, is facing a, a monster on the outside who is uh, tapping on the shoulder of the monster inside him and and spurning it on. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're exactly right, and I think the reason that you know it works for me as Star Wars, it works for the story of uh, Palpatine not letting go and clinging to life, clinging to power, uh, but it really works for me as Kylo's story of I will kill the past, I will uh, you know uh, just extinguish the light, and I will keep everything buried in this truth that there's just like especially if it's stuff that's internal to you, you can't keep it buried. And I think that's the moment for me that that works as Kylo's story in this Star Wars movie. But that's the part of it that makes this just a great horror scene where you get the thrill and the fear of putting yourself in the uh, protagonist's place. And I think in this scene, Kylo is the protagonist. And he's basically, you know, descending into the dark basement, the metaphorical dark basement of his own soul. And there's a monster down there And the monster wants to say all the worst things you think about yourself, all the worst things you think about the people around you. They're all true. And you should give in to just the worst things you feel. And that to me is just like the heart of a lot of horror. It's the heart of the creepy basement. There's, Mm -hmm this fear that if we go down too deep in ourselves, there's something horrible there. It's a horror scene where that, that something horrible, you know, isn't an evil clown. (laughs) It's not a cat who knocks over a can and does a jump scare. It's Darth Sidious, Sheev Palpatine as the monster in the basement facing you to face all of your darkest fears about yourself. Yeah. And, and, and time and time again, Sheev has done that. Stoked the flames of terror and fear and suffering and oppression. And uh, it starts with uh, often our big characters collapsing on the inside. Yep. And this is one of Sheev's greatest hits, this scene, in my hmm. opinion. Uh, this is a great conversation to have, Ken, because this is a scene that obviously a lot of people, uh, like a lot of people, it represents some of their challenges with Rise of Skywalker. So it's great to talk through some of those challenges. And uh, thank you for indulging me, uh, hmm. because I do love spooky Halloween time. And this is one of the spookiest Star Wars scenes. So it was really fun to spend some quality time with it. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. This is a lot of fun. I just, uh, it, this is a scene and I, you know, I had a, in doing the research and watching the scene because it's at the beginning of the movie, real danger of like, ah, let me just keep watching. I just love this, uh, the start of episode nine. I just really do. It's of all, of all the Star Wars intros. Um, I think, I think the sequel trilogy does great with all of them, but uh, this is, this might be my favorite one. And I love the Revenge of the Sith. Gong, gong, bong, bong, war. I love, I love that. But this is, this is a, uh, this is, uh, this is a special sequence to me. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Well, I would love to, sir. You can find us in our own lab of horrors on Twitter. Uh, Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center to join the conversation. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram. And YouTube podcast is housed on Anchor, but heard there and at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and more. Just search and find us there. Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center is where you can buy merch. And patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us. You can also support us directly on Anchor. And as we always say, support us if you want by telling a friend about Force Center. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack or go to KenNapsack.com. 
for information on all the things I do, like books, uh, podcast, too many podcasts. Hey, another podcast. Hey, why don't I start another podcast? It's all there <laughs> on kennamblock.com. You should start a podcast just called Too Many Podcasts, where you maybe like summarize each episode of your podcast. That would be so much easier. <laughs> In one week. Uh, well, thank you for doing this podcast with me. If you want to find me uh, on the old internet, you can go to my website at josephscrimshot.com for my other podcast, Obsessed, and for comedy albums and all sorts of stuff like that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. If you are listening to this as this episode comes out, I hope you have a great Halloween if you celebrate, however you choose to celebrate. I hope you really enjoy it. And if you're listening as a Star Wars fan, which I imagine you probably are if you're listening to this. I uh, can't wait for everyone to watch The Mandalorian Season 2. It's about to happen. But for now, that is it. That is our look at Palpatine's Lab of Horrors for myself, for Ken, for Sheev Palpatine's broken, damaged little lightning fingers. This has been Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 